I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. The recent 2015 Healthcare Information Security Today survey found a number of trends concerning information security technology investments and priorities among the approximately 200 senior executives from hospitals, integrated delivery systems, physician group practices, and other health-related entities that took part. The survey also highlighted the top cyber threats that healthcare entities are most concerned about today, as well as the emerging threats respondents are most worried about for 2015. Today I'm speaking with Chris Ewell, Chief Information Security Officer at Seattle Children's Hospital. Chris will give us his assessment of some of the key findings and trends that emerged from the survey. Hi, Chris. How are you doing, Marianne? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. So now, Chris, according to our survey, the top emerging threat named by respondents for 2015 was hackers. But the top threat that healthcare entities say that they're dealing with, quote, today are business associates taking inadequate security precautions with PHI. Other top threats that organizations are worried about also today include concerns about mobile and insiders. Any surprises there? And what top cyber threats are you most worried about for 2015 and why? I don't think there's any surprises. I do agree that our third party or business associates is a risk that we need to address. Certainly at Children's, it's one of those things that we do here, and I take a very active response into looking at all contracts with business associates and other third parties that have access to our internal systems. Uh, And we look at what other controls we can put in place to help understand their security practices. If you don't do that, then that becomes an issue, and you may not know what they're actually doing. So that is a priority for, I think, all health organizations as we have more and more individuals looking at or accessing our data on our behalf, which is the definition of what a business associate is. I also am concerned about the outside adversaries, that as we have more and more information available on the Internet, such as health information exchanges, patient portals, any of those things that have outside access, our adversaries are also have the ability to take a look at or access it inappropriately. So it is something you have to do, and that leads into having monitoring intelligent controls in place so you understand when you have some type of unauthorized access. Despite business associates being perceived to be the biggest single threat today, 60% of the organizations that took part in the survey say that their business associates that have access to their PHI did not have a breach in 2014. And then when it comes to the healthcare entities themselves, some 51% of organizations say that they didn't have a breach in 2014 of any size either. So what do you make of those figures? Do you think that business associates and healthcare organizations might be either underreporting or missing breaches that are indeed actually occurring, or are they getting better at preventing breaches? I operate under the assumption of breach. So it's one of those things, if an adversary wants to get in, they're able to do that. So I think some of those are we just miss things from either a third-party perspective or someone having unauthorized access to that. That's why some of those monitoring controls, and I was surprised a little bit that 
the technology as far as people saying our monitoring and preventing and detected breaches was not one of the top priorities because it certainly is here at Seattle Children's and I think it should be one of those for healthcare organizations is understanding that intelligence and monitoring of our adversaries who gets unauthorized access so we can get better at detecting when someone is there. Uh, I don't think people are under-reporting. I think Health and Human Services set out with the update of the omnibus law uh, as far as how we have to assess when there is a breach and report that to Health and Human Services. So I think everybody's doing that. We've actually seen an uptick in the number of reports that have gone out. I don't think we see all breaches that are coming in. I think some are very stealthy, and it's hard to detect. So, Chris, with that said, are there any particular steps that you're taking this year to improve your organization's breach detection or prevention or response? Yes. We have a very active analytics program and intelligence program here at Children's, and we work with many other agencies to help us understand what's going on with our data. So we use many analytic services that help us crunch all the, the data in here. So we take all our firewall data, we take some of our log data, and we aggregate that together and then do analytics on that to see what's going on and understand what that unauthorized access uh, potentially is. We look at our VPN traffic or authenticated traffic coming into our organization and map that according to what country coming from. We work with our government agencies as well as partners such as the ISACs that are out there, high trust, to be able to have a better understanding of the threats and vulnerabilities and correlate that back to what we have within the internal organization to get a better picture of what is our risk and then point our monitoring controls towards those areas to have a, a better impact of understanding the unauthorized access. But it is a very active program. It's a good percentage of what my team and I do for Seattle Children's, uh, and it takes a lot of effort to be able to do that. Now, going back to business associates and those vendors being a big threat that a lot of organizations are worried about today, any tips on how you're keeping your business associates honest when it comes to notifying you about breaches, and how confident are you about their security controls in general? So I think we'll take the last question first as far as how confident. I think it varies by the vendor. I've had some vendors and third parties, business associates, tell me they have an information security program, and then when I dig deeper into that, it's really a cursory program, and they may actually be dealing with some outdated policies uh, within their institution. So I have lots of conversations with them. I think one of our only mechanisms uh, that we have are through contracts and by requiring independent verification of our third parties. It's very difficult for an institution to physically inspect or go out to every single business associate and look at their information security program. So the only way to help an institution do that is by having third parties uh, take a look at their information. So part of our contracting process that I always try to put in there is for each of those business associates to have a third-party audit if, in fact, they have or are keeping uh, our PHI outside of our institution. That varies a lot with organizations who are sophisticated enough to actually do that, and I'm not successful in getting every single organization, but we are certainly making lots of progress in getting independent verification of their controls and practices 
which in turn gives me a better confidence level on what they're doing. For those vendors that are actually processing data for us or doing some type of application, then we go much further in actually having require them to have independent penetration tests of their applications uh, and submit those to me. We have then a very uh, lengthy conversation about their controls, and I need to have that level of understanding and acceptance of those controls before we'll contract with them to do work for us. Chris, according to our survey responses, the top five information security priorities named by the respondents for 2015 are improving regulatory compliance, improving security awareness and training, preventing and detecting breaches, updating business continuity and disaster recovery plans, and monitoring HIPAA compliance of their business associates, as we were just talking about. Any surprises there? And how do those priorities compare with what you're focused on this year? I guess the number one surprise is a philosophical difference, and that's the first one, uh, improving regulatory compliance. Just philosophically, how I design an information security program for here at Children's and all the organizations is I will have information security controls and a process governance structure architecture around the entire program and strategy, and out of that strategy will come regulatory compliance. I do not have or will ever have a goal of saying I'm going to improve regulatory compliance. I'm going to improve our maturity of information security controls, and then again, out of that improvement of those controls and that maturity will come much better regulatory compliance. It's a little nuance in there, but it goes to I don't go after certain compliance levels. So then all you do is chasing that, whether you have PCI compliance, uh, whether you have high trust, trying to get that compliance, or you have HIPAA compliance, the high-tech compliance. I mean, all of those, you just have a good information security program, and out of that, you have those compliance. So I think that is surprising that people still focus on compliance instead of having good programs in place for the organization. Um, I think the in, the monitoring, detecting should be much higher. It's one of those controls, again, with our third parties, as well as your own internal processes that give you a good element saying when you're going to have a breach, and if, I guess it's not if, when you're going to have that breach, that you're able to stop that as soon as possible. We know that most of the adversaries that come in, if you look at the uh, breaches around the country and look at all the statistics that are out there, they're in there for more than you know a few days, sometimes weeks and months. And so the quicker we have the ability to monitor, detect that uh, unauthorized access, the quicker we can stop that and figure out different controls we can put in place to help that. So I think that should be much higher up. Um, I agree with the awareness training. Uh, again, this is not a technology problem. This is a people and process problem. So the more awareness we have with our organizations and the better you can correlate your breaches and incident response and that awareness training based on your incidents that you have within the organization, the better you have. We have that program here. So we look at all the things we have in place, uh, and then we develop awareness programs throughout the organization to help address the shortcomings that we have. I think the monitoring and the rest of those out there, the BA, DR plans, uh, are all good things to have in there, and they certainly are all components of a really good information security program. So now, Chris, according to the survey respondents, when it comes to their top technology investments for 2015, the top ones included audit tools and log management, data loss prevention, intrusion and misuse detection, network monitoring, and database encryption. 
What do you think about those investments and what's on the top of your list in terms of security investments or initiatives this year? I think all those are relatively good controls. The difficulty is are you going to have the right personnel and the time it takes to actually put those technologies in place and then keep them up and running. DLP, for example, can be a very good control and a very good technical control that's out there. The difficulty is are you going to tune that to the ability and then look at all the false positives that come out of the the process and potentially look at the false negatives and understand that that's not a perfect system. And with all of the nuances that you have with PHI, trying to find rule sets that will define that when PHI exfiltrates from your organization, uh, that can make it very difficult to have that tool be 100% in your organization. I think the other monitoring, whether you have a SIM, whether you have the unauthorized access for your designated record sets, those are all good things. Some are required within HIPAA for you to be able to do and I think you need to have a very active process in there. For us here at Children's, we do have a very active looking at all the unauthorized access or any access. We do uh, ad hoc audits as well as repeated audits for our designated record sets, Uh, and we look at that information. And we also, again, as I said earlier, we have a very active intelligence program and monitoring program where we're actually doing analytics on the data coming in here, and we do a lot of processing on that to come up with a operational control set saying these are things we need to investigate. So it's often we'll very proactively investigate certain IP addresses that come into our organization or certain types of activity to understand is that malware within the organization, is it some type of virus within the organization, is it some type of unauthorized access from some outside source coming to the organization. So we do that. I think it's a really high priority, and we have that as one of our initiatives for this fiscal year. Chris, most organizations that we surveyed said that they don't have a portion of their IT budget allocated for breach-related activities. Do you there at Seattle Children's, and why? So, yes, again, we are a little bit different than a lot of healthcare organizations where the office of the CISO and my team are outside of IS. I actually report to general counsel and a board-level committee. So because of that, my budget is entirely separate from the technology budget within the uh, organization. So my entire charter, my entire roles and responsibilities really come under the governance strategy, audit, compliance, education, and then incident management. I mean, that's a very large portion. So I do have budget for this. That's what I look for. I am the one that reports all of the incidents up to our board, and I correlate that and analyze that along with our privacy officer. So we meet Every week, we review incidents every other week to ensure that everything is put in and we do all the analysis on that. And then that all gets reported to a compliance committee and the board uh, every month. And so that is a very active process and absolutely part of our budget and a very high priority for the organization. Our survey respondents said that when it comes to their budgets for information security for 2015, 43% of them said that their budgets are increasing. About 31% said that their budgets will stay the same as last year. Only 5% said that their budgets are going to be decreasing, and then about 22% didn't really know. Will your budget be going up, staying the same, decreasing? What do you expect for 2015? 
So 2015, other than salary increases, so we always will up the budget for any type of uh, cost of living raises that employees get for the organization. Other than that, my budget for, I think, 2015 will be relatively static. It will remain the same except with the exception of that one increase for employees. Thanks, Chris. I've been speaking to Chris Yule. I'm Marian Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.